Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Really excited to have on today's guest and Chad Collins with Legacy Search. And Chad and I got introduced via a mutual friend that we've had on the podcast, Brett Bauer. And sure enough, a couple years later, now now we're uh, on the mic. So, Chad, really excited to talk to you about you know, kind of your experience, your story going through uh, the minor league baseball world and then uh, kind of what you're experiencing now through the the executive search you know world and, and placement world and in the sense that you know you're seeing a lot of different trends across the industry and you're dealing with a lot of different people across the industry so um super excited to dive into that so chad welcome to the podcast thanks jake great to be here so take us quickly kind of through your path um, in terms of your work in minor league baseball, maybe how you got started. And I know, you know, every, uh, every path has some sort of zigzag. And so there had to be some sort of moment for you in which you, you know, took, took the different fork in the road. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think uh, I had no idea I was going to get into sports um, in college. I thought I was going to be, uh, a teacher and a coach and was approached by a friend of mine who said, let's go to the baseball winter meetings. This was to age myself a little bit. This was December of 1997 and uh, went to the baseball meetings. Where were they? Thinking they were, were in they? New, or- New Orleans of all places. So, oh, wow. um, so we had a good time as well. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, in my mind that there was going to be a ton of major league baseball teams out there. Well, the two teams that needed to hire were the Mets and the pirates along with 160 plus minor league baseball teams. So I uh, didn't realize I was going to get into minor league baseball. I was trying to get in with my hometown. I grew up in Vacaville, California, Northern California. And I was trying to get in with the Oakland A's and the San Francisco giants and uh, any team that would, would, would sniff, you know, take a sniff at me. So um, I went to the baseball win- winter, meeting, winter meetings and met um, uh, a GM by the name of John Cunningham, who was the GM of the Boise Hawks. And I went to college at the University of Idaho um, and had a lot of friends here in the Boise area where I live currently and broke in as the stadium operations manager uh, in 1998, um, seasonal position, not knowing what a stadium operations or stadium operations manager was, um, a lot of tinkering, a lot of fixing seats, a lot of doing sort of stuff with your hands. And you I paint, had no paint idea. Bathrooms? You paint bathrooms? I did. I, <laughs> I that did was a, all that was that. the first, that was the first thing I did on the first day of my intern, my first internship painted bathrooms. It was great. Yep. I loved it. That, yeah, funny story. I was supposed to install a baby changing station in the <laughs> women's room uh, and drilling into uh, this cylinder brick, and I had no idea. So the GM finally said, just call somebody. Just just have them <laughs> help you out. Um, but, yeah, a lot of painting, a lot of uh, fixing. Um, Field maintenance? A little bit, but not not a whole lot. Um, Groundskeeper didn't let you near the, near the field, huh? No, but I, th- I thought I was going to get fired that first month because, and I'll tell you this story, one of the owners was walking on the field. I was helping the clean crew in the morning, and I was throwing garbage over the home plate net, 
and one got stuck on top of the net and it wouldn't go down. And so the owner looks at me like, what are you doing? What? And so he starts shaking the net and he gets the garbage off. I'm going, my sports career is done right now. <laughs> uh, I'm done. And so, you know, all the, all the Pepsis and chips and hot dogs were falling out onto the field. It was, it was terrible. So, um, so needless to say, I still kept my job um, and, and moved forward with that season with the Boise Hawks, which was a, a ton of, a ton of fun. So um, that same organization, Diamond Sports Management at that time also was starting up a minor league hockey team called the Idaho Steelheads. And so that fall, I went to work for the Steelheads hockey team, and that's where I got my foot into, uh, into ticket sales, learning how to pick up the phone book, sell. Back then, there was no databases. We just had to go off of a, a phone book and prospect on our own. So um, did four great years with the Steelheads um, and then got my, my, my foot in the door with the NBA, my hometown, Sacramento Kings, uh, selling tickets, selling events um, at, Ar- at the then Arco Arena. So did that for, for four years. And then uh, my wife and I moved to San Francisco for a few years. And that's when I got into your old space at Stanford in the uh, multimedia rights uh, selling sponsorships, learning how to sell sponsorships on a college campus. And that was a, a fantastic experience. So loved, loved the college world. But then we decided to move back to Sacramento and um, worked in, again, in minor league baseball with the Sacramento River Cats as their director of ticket sales and um, spent, you know, four, four and a half great years with the, uh, with the River Cats. And uh, in 2008, when the economy hit, uh, so did jobs. And um, many of us VPs and directors were unfortunately laid off. And um, we decided, uh, my wife and I, that let's let's go look around we'll look at Boise we'll look at the Bay Area and San Francisco or stay here in Sacramento and we decided to go back to Boise where my wife is from and uh, raise our kids here and um, I went back to my uh, original team at the Idaho Steelheads Diamond Sports Management as their VP of business development selling full menu sponsorships tickets and so forth and um, you know did that for for another two years and saw, you know, I always loved helping people and, you know, connecting people. And I saw that there was an ad for a recruiting job with, with a sports agency, with a, uh, a recruiting agency. So I applied and, uh, was, uh, was brought on as a freelancer for a while and, um, spent two great years with, with the firm and learned the recruiting business. And, uh, in 2015 started, uh, legacy search and, haven't looked back. It's been a, it's been a great experience. Uh, it's a fantastic story. And I, I think back to your beginning, we actually have a, a similar path and we both started our first two internships, jobs, if you want to call them that, uh, minor league baseball and then minor league hockey. And they were yeah. both kind of, you know, it's more or less brother, sister in the same, same area. Right. And um, I, I just find that fascinating as like a, a true foundation to just kind of getting your foot in the door into sports as a whole, just opening your eyes to what exists uh, and then kind of going from there. And, you know, you, you, obviously there's tons of different sports management management programs out there now and uh, all sorts of different degrees and, and a lot, you know, you do guest lectures and this and that. And, and the common question is, 
like, how do I know what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. you would probably say, well, Chad still doesn't know what he wants to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, right? Exactly. You know, and, and then the, you know, the student will look at you, how does he not know what he wants to do? Right. But that's, everyone's kind of got this winding path, right. And, right. and you ultimately each experience, uh, you know, leads to another builds upon another and like you said you got to the point where you kind of were connecting the dots with a lot of people and like to to help people and so then now you're doing legacy search and so when you when you talk to students or you talk to uh, people that are in the industry whether they're you know in their first job or their fifth or maybe they're you know kind of on their on their horse out right and trying to find their last gig um what are some of the things and 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 pieces of advice that you give to them yeah that's a great question i mean let's go back to you i mean with your experience being in the scouting department with the seattle mariners then going to learfield img college uh and learning the sponsorship realm and activation now currently where you're out of the pga tour you you don't know it goes back to your original start of your question was you just don't know what, what am I going to be when I grow up? Um, so, I mean, advice that I would give young, you know, people coming into the industry is, you know, I, I, I'm a strong believer in, um, internships, obviously, uh, internships are so important if you can get them, if you can get in the door, non-paid or paid. Um, I think as far as, Degrees goes there. There was no sports management when I was going through uh, college in the in, you know in the mid '90s. It was either business or communications or finance. So I think any of those degrees are, are, are great. But um, I'll use an example: is I had um, a gentleman, and I'll name him. His name's Harrison Avigdor. Harrison approached me about seven years ago, right when I first got into recruiting. And he asked the same question, how do I, how do I get into sports? And he was a freshman at Syracuse University. And I said, listen, just start networking. If you have a LinkedIn account, just start messaging people and connecting with them, even if it's in the sports, if it's in the sports industry. And so Harrison started doing that. And he was, he was mature for his age. He was doing that with executives. He, he cold called me. He didn't email me. He didn't text me it, the power of a call. And, and Harrison called me and said, you know, I'd love to keep in touch with you through my four years of college here. And I'd like to keep you posted on what I'm going to be doing. And sure enough, he has, he had internships with the Phoenix suns and Mercury. He had uh, internships with an agency in LA. He had, um, an internship with the NBA his senior year. And then once, you know, right after that, he's, he's being hired by the NBA. So now he's three years into his career. So I I think it goes back to just networking, um, obviously finishing that degree, of course, Um, getting, you know, trying to find some people that you could, that can mentor. I was, I a mentor to Harrison, maybe, I guess, but he, he, he did everything on his own and he just kept in great touch. So, um, so I would say internships and networking. And, and when you say networking, right, it's, it's such a, it's a term that's just thrown out a ton, right? It can, yeah. mean, it, it can mean a couple of different things, but when you, when you say networking, I mean, if I came to you and I said, Chad, how, how do I network? Mm-hmm. Like I had no, if, if I had no idea how to do it or, 
and maybe I knew what it was, but but actually how to do it. Yeah. Where would you suggest someone starts? Uh, I think I'm such a strong believer on LinkedIn. So I would say there, that would be my first start is treat LinkedIn like your resume, uh, be buttoned up, buttoned up, you know, nice, nice picture, um, put your experience on there, your college experience, maybe, uh, you know, maybe something else that you're doing. Who is, who is this, the person, like, what else do you do? Do you do anything in the community? Do you do, maybe you help out at the YMCA, you're a coach, maybe you help out with the Special Olympics, put that stuff down. Now, take that, that resume, so to speak, even if you're in college and apply it and start looking on LinkedIn for other people. Maybe it's the geographical area that you'd love to maybe intern with. Uh, Maybe it's, let's say a Dallas, Texas or LA and, and start connecting with people on LinkedIn, but shoot them a note. Don't just connect, 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 shoot them a nice personal note. Like, Hey, this is so-and-so. And and I'd love to be in your network. And, and, you know, if, if I actually live in this area, could we meet for coffee or could we have a five or 10 minute conversation and then be prepared with that, be prepared with like five to 10 questions and ask those questions. So I would say LinkedIn, I would say another thing to look at is you and I go to Jake, we go to conferences around the United States and Mm -hmm. maybe there's some that's, that's in their, um, in their region, in their, in their area that they can put perhaps contact the executive director or whoever it may be. I mean, I know Ron Siever is a great example with the national sports forum. I think you see a lot of college students at the national sports forum. I think, if someone were to reach out to Ron via LinkedIn and say, Hey, I'm a student. I'd love to go to the next national sports forum. Cause it's in my area. I think he'd give him a huge discount, if not comp him a badge. So, mm-hmm. um, so I would say that would be another way as well. Um, and then, and then, it, you know, read up, read up on, on things, sports business journal, um, Twitter, you know, maybe connect with people on or follow people on Twitter as well, Instagram, so forth. So, um, follow, follow Jay Kirschman's, um, podcast too. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. And, and, and then, you know, to that point, so you, like, you've got that foundation, right. And then you get your internships, you connect with people there, you network people with, with, within that realm, you know, maybe you get your first job, you do the same thing and now you're kind of off and running and in your career, how do you advise people to network while they're in their career? Right. It's mm-hmm. kind of, You've got that internal network within your organization, whether it's a team, an agency, wherever you are, right? And then you have your external network. Um, you know, how are, do you go about them differently? How, how do you, how do you advise people in that in that space? Yeah, that's that's a good a good question. That's a tricky one, right? Because you're so enthralled in in your day to day with with your job, and you want to do a good job. And but how do I connect with other teams? Like when I was with the Sacramento Kings one way that I did it was I would just connect with other group sales reps and find out what, and talk a little bit of shop. Right. So, um, so best practices, maybe trade for bobbleheads. Mike, I would trade a Chris Weber for a, (laughs) you know, a Tim Duncan with the Spurs or something. So, you know, just, and that's how I started getting to know people within, uh, within different markets and different, uh, different leagues. And so, and that, that's, and I really loved it. I loved networking while I was, while I was working. And, um, you know, I'd still make sure that, Hey, 
listen, maybe make, send out a few emails after hours or, or during my lunch or make a cold call and just, and just see if they have some time to talk about best practices and, and, and learn from them. Like, Hey, what's going on in, in this market and what's working for you? Is, is Girl Scout night working for you or is, is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. So I, I think just, and it still goes back to LinkedIn and emails and texts and, uh, and all that stuff. So yeah, first and foremost, you want to be doing your job, but the, the second part of that is, is you don't know where you're going to be in five or 10 years, you know? So that, that's, that is important. I, I would, I'm a strong believer. And even though I was with the Sacramento Kings and Sacramento Monarchs at that time, I would still network with other teams in the league and, and talk best practices. Well, it's also a way to, to, you know, learn exponentially, right? Like, you know, if you're in group sales and you're able to pick the brain and network with someone in premium sales and sponsorship sales and someone in event sales, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're exponentially learning through their experiences mm-hmm. and their perspectives without having to do their job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, you, you, can, you can pick up an event sales strategy without having to being in, in an event sales role to learn that strategy. Totally. Right? Totally. Exactly. And I, I tell young people, uh, young, young professionals, young students, like even, even though you got that internship with this team or this league or whatever, I still want you to go and talk to other different department heads and maybe see if you can get five minutes or grab coffee. And so you can learn Shadow, about that. Right. Exactly. So you can learn more. Let's say I get a, a a corporate partnership internship. I want to learn more on the ticket side. I want to learn more on marketing, PR, HR, uh, finance, the big one now analytics. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I always tell these, these, uh, tell the, the students like, Hey, just because you got that internship, that's great. Learn that craft there. But I want you to go and, and see if you can, um, meet with these other department heads. Well, because everything crosses over one way or another, more right. or less, right? Right. I mean, you, your 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 sponsorship deals include tickets or hospitality, or you know, your your um, if you're in marketing, right? You're you're helping market tickets. You're helping market um, whatever the the theme of the day might be. There's so many different departments that you're gonna have to work with from a communications or social media perspective, right? That everyone kind of um, works. Uh, intertwined. So with that, right, you know, getting diverse experiences, you know, we've had quite a few different guests on that, that all their paths, right, and even to yours, uh, have diverse experiences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the people that are maybe 10, 12, 15 years into their career, and they want to make a shift, they want to make a jump. um, How do you how do you deal with some of those conversations, thoughts, you know, strategies of thinking about what, what, what skill sets do I have that could be applied to X or mm-hmm. um, what's my passion or purpose that I believe could, you know, be fulfilled through Y, right? Yeah. Um, what, what, how, how do you have some of those conversations and what has been your experience uh, over the last five years, you know, with legacy mm-hmm. and, and also dealing with, dealing with it yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, that I love the question because it is, it's, I deal with a lot of mid to high level uh, executives. Maybe they've been at the team for the last five years, six years. And um, 
they've reached a peak or, and they want to change. So I, we really have to dig in myself and uh, have another recruiter, Tony Whiteford, who I used to work with at Sacramento Kings and Monarchs. And he, he and I really try to dig in with people and, and see, okay, what, where, what's the puzzle here? Because sometimes it's, they want to get back to a certain region and um, other times it's just, they need a new challenge. So it's just really digging in with them and talking about um, whether I have that position or not that I'm recruiting for. Um, I, I really take detailed notes and really ask them. Um, we get into it a lot, a lot more personal too, because you, you really build relationships over these years. Um, you know, and so you want to really find out, okay, why, why would you want to leave this place to go and move your family realistically to another place? So you really have to dig in, I mean, and, and find out about their family life too. And their kids are their kids. What ages are they? Are they out of the, out of school now? Or, you know, are they done? Are they in college or, and you're looking for that last 10 year um, position, or is it just, you gotta, you gotta get out of there. Um, so mm -hmm. you really have to dig in and find out why they want to leave. If, if, you know, maybe it's a bad culture, maybe it's, we don't know. That's why we have to really ask those a lot of questions and spend more, more than 15 minutes with them on the phone. So, um, yeah. And you mentioned, you mentioned the kind of the cultivating the relationships, right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's obviously a big piece of the business, but you know, how do you stay, like, what are some strategies that you have in terms of staying in touch? Someone asked me this the other day, like, yeah you know, with, within your network, what are some of the things you do to stay in touch with all the people? And it may not necessarily be everyone, no, right? It, you yeah. might have a select few. Yeah. That's, it's what everybody's doing right now. And it, regardless if they're a recruiter or not, but um, I, I think just the other day, I think I'm now to my, <laughs> my outbox or my inbox drop downs to, I think I'm on the alphabet um, S right now, finally. So you know, and, I, and I'm just connecting with as many people as I can to, to see how they're doing. Um, uh, just keeping in touch. Yeah, you can't, it's, it's almost impossible to keep in touch with thousands of sports executives, but you try your best. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've been getting a lot of phone calls and unfortunately, you know, the news with the XFL last week. And so I've, I've received calls from them and, saying, Hey, I know a, there's a hiring freeze, but would love to stay on your radar. So I think it's just, just keeping in touch with people. Um, and you know, whether it's text, email, uh, phone calls. So, um, that, that's what I've been doing over the last four or five weeks. Um, of, well, and, and, and you mentioned something key though, you said just to check in on how people are doing, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if there's something crazy going on in the world or not. It, it's just, genuinely checking in on how people are doing mm -hmm. uh, you don't even have to talk business you don't even have to talk best practices sometimes right yeah uh, maybe maybe you talk about you know the last movie you saw right or yeah something yeah. just just totally different and yeah. uh you you know you find different things out about people mm -hmm. um you know we we were just doing an episode with peter pilling and we 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 ended the episode with uh, what are your what are your top five sports movies? Yeah, right. And Peter, yeah. Peter rambled him off. He's he's a he's a movie guru, mm -hmm. um, and so you wouldn't know that unless you asked him. Right. Um, so right. It, so. Yeah, and I think you got my email that I sent you too, just to check in to say hello. And I said, 
hey, by the way, and I want to show the human side of myself too. And our company is, by the way, I'm, I'm showing my girls our, our top 80s movies to, to introduce them to that. So, um, you know, and another thing too that I do or that we do as, as a business is I try to reach out to 10 to 20 new people each week, regardless of what's going on right now. I was always trying to pick up the phone or reach out via LinkedIn or email and just say, Hey, this is Chad Collins with legacy search and would, you know, would love to just meet you and say hello. So it's building, yeah, building no, I, new, re- new uh, relationships. Absolutely. No, that's a, that's a great point. And, and thanks for bringing that up because I know, you know, I, I had worked for Jens Wyden at the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, one of my, one of my internships during college. And one of the piece of advice he gave me as I went to grad school was he goes, if you can connect with one person a week, one new person a week, yep. you got 52 new contacts at the end of your year. Yeah. And that's just that's just the people you're making the effort to call. Right. You're going to yeah. meet a bunch of different people along the way. Yeah. Um, and granted, that easier said than done. Right. Like everyone's got a busy schedule. But, you know, when you when you put that into perspective, even if it's every other week, you still have 26 new contacts. Totally. Right. And, and, and I think that's, if you kind of stick to that consistency or that method um, per se, then, then you're able to achieve something uh, and be able to look back at the end of the year and go, wow, I have 26 new contacts. And I also learned X, Y, Z and, and probably A through Z from them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also think too, and you go back to the start of the show with Brett Bauer and the, the power of a referral. And so I'll always, and, and one, of my, one of my mentors, who is Charlie Chislogi, I was a young sales rep in the NBA with the Kings, and he taught me the power of referrals. And he helped, helped me make a ton more sales. But I use that model still to this day, like, hey, Jake, who else should I be talking to about this? Let's use the example Seattle Mariners position. Um, and, and you may rattle off two or three people that that you might know from that have Pacific Northwest ties. So mm-hmm. it's, it's the power of, of referrals. Even, even with these new people I talk to, I'm like, Hey, anyone else I should be talking to just to, just to start a relationship. Um, I, I don't have the job for you right now, but I might. Right. So yeah, everyone's got that, like, you know, one or two people that always pop to the top of their head. Right. Mm-hmm. If like, mm-hmm. Oh, you got to talk to so-and-so. Totally. Right? And those, and and likely those are probably the people you want to talk to right, if they're at the right. top of someone's mind too, right? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. As we wrap up the episode, uh, I, I got to ask is, you know, we, we, were, we were talking about, um, you know, building those, those genuine relationships and cultivating them. Um, so as you are, you know, Boise uh, through and through to some extent, right? You got, you got your Northern California in you. Yep. And, um, you but really just a, a true West coast guy. What, like what's the best thing to do in Idaho? I mean, you, <laughs> like if, if someone's never been to Idaho, what, what do they have to do? <laughs> so the, the state is such a huge outdoor um, state. Like people love to mountain bike, hike, ski, golf, and fly fish. I would say all those And here in Boise now, and, and we're, we're in a college town here at Boise state, um, you know, I went to the, the University of Idaho, so that's that's a, a rival there back in my days. So it's it's a little hard, but I also get it. It's we're on a national stage now with Boise State. So I say we're in a college town. Um, you know, we have our minor league sports, but really, I, I would say just 
you you got to hit some of the the restaurants that that are now uh i'm well not now but um when this thing comes back is, is some of these restaurants are fantastic here the hiking the mountain biking uh we have two nice resorts uh two hours from boise one in sun valley idaho and one in mccall idaho so those two are, are, are very special to, to our family as well so um just get outdoors that's that's the biggest and- thing And the potatoes? The potatoes are good. My wife works for, um, uh, we don't get the great potatoes because they're shipped out, but we get, <laughs> we get some good ones. And my wife works for a company called Simplot and they're uh, potato growers and along with other uh, various food items. And so she's very busy and, um, but yes, the potatoes are good. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> I, you know, hey, you just have to ask, right? You Absolutely. Wouldn't, you wouldn't know if you, if you didn't ask about the potatoes. Right. So it, it's, it's the... Um, it's the gem of the state, right? Yeah. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't wrong on that. <laughs> um, well, Chad, I, I really appreciate your time and, and certainly, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the in, insights and advice and, and, uh, certainly look forward to having you on again in the future. All right. Thank you, Jake. Thank you.